You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Telling everybody everything is one and one half days late. And I really need to change the name to telling no fucking buddy any fucking thing. Because I just feel like I've got people in my grill. And that's my own fault because I am usually very transparent. Is that the word? I offer up a lot of details about my life. And I don't know what's happened lately. I don't know if it's lockdown or just a shift in my age. But I feel like a very private person all of a sudden. And I don't like people getting into my personal affairs. Essentially this week, long story short, had an accident, lost 15% of my blood. Not a big deal. You can lose up to 20%, I think, and still be fine and not pass out. And then if you lose 40%, you're dead. But losing 15%, well, I don't know. I just felt like it was a beautiful metaphor for my relationship with my agent. Why not? I got 15% to give. Have it. Loads of people in the neighborhood are like, Catherine, we heard. Catherine, are you okay? We heard. And it's like... If I don't personally tell you about something that's going on with me, I know you mean well. I know you're a nice person. Don't ask me about it. And that's who I am now. And I know why it happened as well. Because I found prayer. And I spoke to Heather Brown about God, the Father. She said he's waiting for me with open arms. But he's actually quite a lot like my real dad. And he's like, Catherine, please don't mention me. You are an embarrassment to the organization. I love you from a distance. Fine. Those of you with impeccable hearing and attention to detail might notice that the podcast has changed rooms. It's moved from the office, which is incredibly warm, onto the first floor bedroom, the spare room. Uh, The wallpaper is kind of decorated like a Shakespearean theater and everything in here is kind of pink. Nobody sleeps in here. I don't know why I got a spare room when I don't allow guests. I've been doing press for The Duchess. This is a Netflix sitcom written by me for the most part, you know, because there are notes here and there and I have to implement them. Uh, That is coming out on Netflix in a month, September 11th, the day the world stood still. I did ask for a different day, but September 11th it is. Got it. And uh, maybe that's what's making me more private because a lot of journalists are asking me questions about my life. Oh, Catherine, is this completely about your life? Is it a documentary? No, not at all. I'm always writing about myself and my experiences and then decorating those with fiction to protect the innocent and not so innocent. 
The Duchess is about a young woman, fashionable, disruptive, vivacious. She arrives in London for a concert. She's a groupie of an amazing boy band called Trousset. They're an Irish, sexy boy band. She sleeps with the lead singer. He's the last one to get up off the stool. And she becomes pregnant by him. She has to find a way to co-parent. For me in my actual life, putting your children first is a very important theme. I think that mothers should have full access to their children. I think that fathers should have full access to their children. I think that everyone should put their differences aside 100% of the time, apart from in the case when someone's dangerous. And that theme is woven into what is a ridiculous fictional comedy. So Catherine has to get along with this boy band star just for the sake of her child, but they actually really hate each other. And then she's in a new relationship and she's very independent. She doesn't know if she really likes her new boyfriend. And she's like, you know what? I'm about 35. I want to grow my family. What is the smartest way to do this? Do I have a baby with my new boyfriend? Do I go it alone? Or do I double down on a terrible mistake and have another baby with my enemy? I've slept with a number of pop stars. Yes, of course I have. But I haven't had any babies with them yet. I have also seen already, before the Duchess has even come out, my character is described as like, oh, a cool mom. She's a sweary mom. You know, she is a modern working woman. I don't even know what that means. Have you ever seen, he's a modern working dad. And I just know that I'm going to have an onslaught of this over the next few months. So let the questions roll in. And um, I'll just have to deal with them the best I can. I think the Duchess speaks for itself. Just watch it if you feel like when it comes out. I really hope you like it. I just tried to make something that was really, really funny at the end of the day. I, I don't like these dramas. I can never get into them because I get too attached and they make me feel sad. And so I just tried to make something that was a little bit Kenny Powers, you know? Oh, but what's likable about Catherine's character? Fuck you. What's likable about Tony Soprano? The Duchess, September 11th, on Netflix. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm acutely aware that I don't have time to respond to many of the emails here on telling nobody anything, but due to my especially low hemoglobin this week, 
I thought it would be relaxing, just not to dive into my own life and thoughts too much in the beginning, just do as many of the emails I can and see where we get from there. Plus, I might be giving some extra spicy answers because they gave me fentanyl. This first letter is referencing my latest podcast before this one, which was about prayer. Dear Catherine, thanks for another interesting podcast. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about God being primarily referred to as he, father, etc. Where do you think the idea that God is male comes from? And is it something important to you? When I chat with people who are Christians, I sometimes feel God being referred to as a he or father is a bit strange. No, it's not strange. It's completely indicative of the times when all this God stuff was, I won't say created or invented, but like put to paper way back when we were nothing. So, right, men were in charge and then men interpreted the words of God, if that's what you believe, and wrote it down. I think in every religion, I think men are responsible for the Torah. I don't even think women are always allowed to read the Torah in the same uh, boundaries. I don't, I apologize. I don't know the details of that. And then the Quran and the Christian Bible. I think all of that was pretty much spearheaded by men. All the disciples were men. So even if God is a woman, she would be using a pen name like J.K. Rowling. And I'm not going to argue with people about the gender of a deity. We're having talks about genders here on earth with humans. I think God is like a concept and then people attach it to a human form just because that's what their brain can comfortably conceptualize. So I don't care. I'm not certainly going to interrupt Heather on the podcast and be like, excuse me, when you say father, do you think that you're subscribing maybe too much to the patriarchy? I don't give a fuck. Whatever makes people comfortable. If they want to say God's the father, then fine. I'll say that too. Listen, a lot of God people are not even prepared to let women be in charge of their own bodies. They like that in the hands of the church. They like that in the hands of the government. A lot of them, not all of them, do feel that a woman's place is in the home. So don't even try with the argument of maybe God's a woman. These people largely are not ready for it. Look at the Mormon families on TV, not all Mormons, but the families on TV where there's one husband and like 10 wives. (laughs) They are not ready to think that we live in a matriarchy where the spiritual creator of us all is a woman. No way. However, I do love those shows about polygamy. There's one called Sister Wives and the guy, Cody, is like the patriarch. He's the main husband. And then he has different wives, a main wife, an oldest wife, a youngest wife or whatever. And they they share uh, childcare responsibilities. They like having each other around for the most part for help. These women have created kind of a society for themselves that they enjoy. And then every once in a while, there's a little bit of jealousy about where Cody sleeps. But for the most part, they seem happy enough. And it's Cody who is distressed. He's like, oh gosh, I have 18 children. I have to buy all of my wives like a similar house in Utah, in a similar neighborhood. And he has to provide equally for all these families and keep them all peaceful. And I don't know, I get a certain consolation in how absolutely miserable he is in the situation he's created for himself. He's just completely overworked. And I don't think a regular man can have sex that many times a week. I just don't. And also, no, God is not a woman because 
we wouldn't have hired so many pedos to run our company. Here is a woman who would like advice about friendship issues. I've been friends with this girl for over 10 years and our friendship was the strongest when we were both single. I'm now married and she's still single and I feel like we're on different pages. She gets upset if I want to do something with just my husband and she gets almost possessive, constantly calling me, constant messages. When she used to hang out with me and my husband, she would only talk at me about the guys she slept with. (laughs) Good for her. Do you know what? I have a husband now and he's a delight. But before Bobby and I got back together, sometimes I would go out with my girlfriends and their husbands and that was fine. But I was like, sorry, a lot of them are very difficult to converse with. And they certainly don't like me. Only a select few husbands like me. And um, yeah, if he wants to tag along, that's great. And I can try to include him in the conversation. I don't know. I don't know how interesting your husband is. You don't mention the level of chat and banter that he's got. Okay, don't get me wrong. I love a good debrief, but it's literally the only topic. And it gets old when you give advice and she goes and does the same thing again. I feel like I'm just in a different place to her now. Oh, she's doing what she was always doing and continues to want to live that single life. And then you are in a different place. I don't know if it would be better or worse for your friend to start treating you differently because what she's supposed to do, you're in a different place in your life, but she still connects with you and communicates with you, presumably the way that she always did. So maybe she doesn't know that that's wrong and she's meant to address you in a different way now? I mean, what is she supposed to talk to you about? What do you and your husband want to hear from this best friend? Because she, you can't expect her to change just because you have. If she still wants to go out banging on the weekend and then giving you the debrief, that's what she's going to do. She can't just start making up stories about, I don't know, going to home base, picking out some new curtains just so she can have a marriage suitable conversation with you. I try and see her as much as possible, but it's hard to see her without my husband. Why? And she does not include him if he's there. (laughs) That makes me laugh every time I see it. She also makes passive aggressive comments when we hang out. Like it's nice to finally have some girl time. I just don't know how to handle this situation. I can feel tension start to build and I don't want it to turn into a huge argument and a friendship lost. But I feel she needs to understand that my husband is my priority, not her. And she needs to accept that, of course, I want to do things with just my husband without her taking it like a personal attack. Well, First of all, you've just been in lockdown for several months with this husband. Aren't you sick of him by now? I think that if you want to keep these friendships strong, I totally understand what it's like to want to be with just your husband. I'm a very introverted extrovert. I really only hang out with the people in my house and I am guilty of not making a lot of FaceTime with my friends. I don't really schedule girls nights, usually in the real world, pre-pandemic, I'm exhausted and I'm working. And that's why I've cleverly designed it so that I pretty much work with my friends. So I get to see them on photo shoots. I see them at work. Unless your friends are the same way, you do have to nurture that friendship and make some special time for her. And I mean, if you want to keep that friendship alive, and I guess that's up to you, but she clearly feels neglected. She wasn't ready for this shift. And you can't expect all your friends to just be okay with being downgraded a little bit. It's okay to have a night away from your husband. I don't know how many nights this girl wants, but maybe you could do a special Thursday night, girls night now and then. Yes, here's an email about Cardi B. 
Catherine, I've just watched the music video to Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's new song, WAP, standing for wet ass pussy. I had to eat, yeah, okay, sorry. I should take this slow for people who don't know. WAP, W-A-P, wet ass pussy. Macaroni in a pot, that's some wet ass pussy. I'm sorry if you've not heard this song and this is coming out of the blue, but don't worry. If you do hear it on the radio, she'll just say WAP. But you know that that's what it stands for. And absolutely, you can post photos and caption them WAP and then just tell everyone in your family when they ask. It means work and progress, you know, or work and passion or anything you like. But you and I know deep in our hearts, it's wet ass pussy. Okay. I had to email you right away because I'm dying to hear your thoughts on the whole conversation This seems to be sparking. Cardi and Megan are getting so much backlash online, notably from pearl-clutching judgmental ladies or guys who call women sluts for monetizing their bodies and making lots of money via platforms like OnlyFans, reclaiming something that men have been doing to women for decades in music videos, uh-huh, etc. Monroe Bergdoff posted a great post on Instagram, which really got me thinking about this a lot. And let me click on that post and tell you what it is. She posted, Society has a big issue with women who find ways to monetize men's desires, yet male-dominated industries have been attaching a price tag to women's bodies and sex appeal for centuries. Yes, that is a great post. Please weigh in on this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What did you think of the video personally, and what did you have to say to people horrified by women flaunting and owning their sexuality? Perhaps a wider question is, as a mother, do you think music videos like this are damaging to impressionable girls? Such a layered email. I think it's great. I remember early in Donald Trump's 2016 campaign, when the grab them by the pussy video came out, a lot of the Republican supporters were saying, well, Beyonce campaigns for the Democrats and Beyonce sings about sex and dances in these outfits and she's very sexual. How is that different from grab them by the pussy? And it was so jarring to me that, oh, they don't understand the difference between sex and sexual assault. They're so repressed that to them, all mention of sexuality is depraved and they don't see these different structures about power and ownership. They just think all of it is icky and they're, you know, as you described, pearl clutching. That was really worrisome to me because I always see the ownership. We've been hearing for years about men's desires and men beating the pussy up or men being hard or men... I mean, whether it actually happens or not, they definitely speak about sex in a real violent, aggressive, taking what they want kind of way. And I love wet ass pussy. It's the first time a lot of people are asking the question, well, what's that? People like wet ass pussy? What, why, what are these girls wet about? No one really sings about women's sexual arousal. And I, I think it can only be a good thing for girls. There's a time and a place. I don't know. Maybe if you should be showing your five-year-old these videos, I don't think that's who it's meant for. But kids just see a big bum and they think it's fun. They just dance. I don't know. The video is beautiful and really colorful. And I don't think they say wet ass pussy in the video. I don't know. I don't think there are any men in the video. So I love it. I love anything that makes pearl clutching people angry. And if you're still on the fence about it, I mean, I do understand. There was a time in my life 
when I came to this country and I was in quite a toxic relationship where sex workers and glamour models were entering our lives. And I was sick with misogyny. And I did harbor some resentment towards these women. And I did think, well, why are they showing their bodies this way when so many women are valued only on their bodies and shouldn't we all? I went through this feminist period in my development and now I understand sex workers and OnlyFans contributors and this idea about owning your sexuality and monetizing your sexuality if you want to, if you're old enough, if you're in a good frame of mind. You know, I just don't want women to be vulnerable. That's my thing. And if you're still not sure how you feel about feminism, I think Russell Brand has made a few videos uh, giving his thoughts about how you should be portraying yourself. So you can refer to those and he'll tell you how to feel about what. Lastly, how come every piece of art that a woman makes has to be one of two things? It has to be either a strong feminist think piece that's going to change lives of young women or it's trash and we're degrading ourselves. We Sometimes we can just make art that says nothing. Maybe Megan and Cardi wanted to dance around and make a really pretty video and talk about their wet ass pussies. And if that's the case, then that on its own is okay. Here's another email about your wet ass pussy. It says, I would like to ask you two favors, Catherine. I'm going into hospital on the 25th of August to have some lymph nodes removed as part of my treatment for cervical cancer. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that you have cervical cancer. But I'm glad that you are looking after yourself and getting everything tested. And I'm sure you're going to be absolutely fine. I'm saving your podcast to listen to while I'm waiting for and recovering from my operation. Operations are really fun. So just assume it's all going to go well. Don't say don't or not. You know what I mean? Your body's really, 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 really ancient compared to your intellectualism. So if you say, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope I don't feel this way. I hope it's not. Just get those thoughts out of your head and just think about health and wellness and good results because your body doesn't know the difference. Your body just knows, you know, your intention. Okay. And my first favor is, please, will you remind your listeners with a cervix to go and get their smear test if they have missed one due to the pandemic? Please make it a priority to reschedule. Going for my smear test means my cancer is treatable and will hopefully preserve my fertility. The second favor is, please, will you say hi? Oh, hi. (laughs) What? Hello. I know you're going to be okay. And thank you for... Uh, taking your own experience and then sharing it to save other people's health. It is really important to get cervical smears. I go all the time and I did have one recently that was abnormal. I didn't have cervical cancer, but I had a colposcopy, I think it's called, which is where they take a biopsy of your cervix. Um, It's not a colonoscopy. It's like a colposcopy or something. Anyway, and I have cervical smears all the time. So you just never know when one of them is going to be potentially a little bit wonky, just get it done. It doesn't hurt. And uh, they have a screen and you can see your cervix and it looks really beautiful. It just looks like pink. I don't know. Like, I don't know. What (laughs) what does it look like? I don't know what to say. Mine definitely looked like stunning. Um, Kind of, I guess, like like a pink like donut or something if the donut hole was like closed. Does that make sense? Go have a look at your cervix. Why not? Okay, this next one is quite complex. There are different issues going on. It's boy advice or boy trouble, 
but uh, this young woman's mother passed, which I'm really sorry to hear about. And now her father has cancer that has spread and it doesn't look very good. So um, you're caring for your dad. As tragic as all of this is, I'm focusing on the short term and what we can do now to make my dad as happy and comfortable as possible. Do you know, I think we should all focus on the short term all the time because not to be grim, but you, you just don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow, or you could always have some terrible accident. So short term focus is really good. And I know people who've lost loved ones and when they visit them in the hospital, they report that it's interesting because everyone in palliative care just talks about today. There's no oh hair appointment in three months or they don't talk about anything outside of today. And it can actually be quite, you know, poignant, bittersweet, obviously, but really beautiful just living in that moment of today. So I also have my boyfriend who's been incredibly supportive over the last two years that we've been together. And I often rely on him a lot for those darker days. We live together. Things are going really well. However, my boyfriend has a complicated past with a friend of his who he hooked up with before we met. She had a boyfriend at the time. She's still with him and he knows what happened. My boyfriend is ashamed of what happened and always says he regrets it, but he's still close friends with this girl and she still has a special place in his heart. In the past, I've brought up that their relationship makes me uncomfortable sometimes and I even confronted her about it around Christmas time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What a spicy holiday party that must have been. You confronted her about sleeping with your current boyfriend before you existed in his life? Hmm. I'll put a little pin in that. Saying that their actions were making an already difficult time, i.e. my mom dying, even more difficult as I was feeling paranoid and I was leaving to see my mom regularly. She assured me there was nothing between them, but they do still keep in contact, and that drives me crazy. I've brought it up with my boyfriend on countless occasions, and it's nearly broken us up. It's the only thing we argue about, but she's in the same friendship circle as my boyfriend, so they can't really avoid each other. Nevertheless, I know they still message, and with this stuff with my dad on top of everything, it's so upsetting to me, but I feel like I've flogged a dead horse with this subject, and there isn't much more I can say. I just need to trust my boyfriend. I genuinely do trust him. I don't think he would hurt me, but I just feel like he has a real blind spot with this girl and can't see how manipulative she is. Something which I think girls can spot a mile off. And shocker, she doesn't have any female friends. I feel I know what you're going to say, that I shouldn't waste my time with boys that don't respect me. And I somewhat agree, but with everything that's happened is going to happen, I don't feel strong enough to make the kind of decision I probably ought to make. Other than this complication, everything is wonderful between us and I feel so happy with him and of course I love him so it's tough. I really don't want this meddling bitch to split us up. Dude, I feel like this girl, I, uh, maybe she's manipulating me. That's, what it, that's how much of a bitch she is because I don't see her doing anything wrong in this. She has a boyfriend. They're fine. They're together. She's in the same circle of friends as your boyfriend. And so uh, I think you can't have it both ways. You can't say, I trust my boyfriend implicitly. We don't have any problems. 
but you know, he's a fucking idiot who's definitely going to be bewitched by this siren. Um, either you trust him or you don't. And I really apologize, but it's just not your business who he or this woman decided to have sex with before they knew you. Um, I think if she is hatching some plan to steal him from you, and in your letter, I don't see any evidence of that, then you are better off without him and you will lose him. And that's great. You know, if someone wants to leave you for someone else, then it's always a blessing to see them go. But I mean, don't worry about that because it certainly doesn't seem like what's happening. If they wanted to be together, they would be together. They already have the same circle of friends and then they wouldn't have to both listen to you. I'm not a professional, but I think maybe you are displacing some of your grief and hurt about your recent, you know, tragedies onto this friendship for some reason. There's been some transference somewhere because I think right now you're causing yourself a lot more stress than you need to. I would really try to read back your own letter and read the parts about how much you love him, how well things are going, how much you trust him. And you just have to give yourself to that part of the relationship. You really do. You just have to make a decision about it. Either you can get over this or you can't because your focus needs to be on your dad and your boyfriend sounds like a really good system of support. And definitely don't fight with this girl at a Christmas party. They're just friends. They banged before. It probably wasn't very good. They don't have that chemistry. You already know that. It's not like they have sexual tension and they haven't banged. Think about all the people in the world your boyfriend hasn't banged. Me, for instance. So wishing your dad the best. I hope that you are peaceful and comfortable and you can move past this with your boyfriend too. Okay, this one is also tough. So you guys know that I am a comedian. I think if you really find yourself in a bad place, you, it's so difficult with COVID because I know that access to therapists has changed and it's really hard for people. But even someone who works for the Samaritans, that's a free number that you can call. They're going to be better people than I am. I'm like, uh, just trying my best. Okay. I'm a 21 year old trans man living in Wales. I came out at 17 and my parents kicked me out, which I was prepared for. Who does that? Honestly, as a parent, who, no matter what my child did, I would never, ever, ever kick them out. And I just think it's so sad that people are so damaged by their own upbringing that the love that they definitely still have for their children is blocked because they they just can't get through that barrier of their culture, of their upbringing, because I know your parents love you and they're just, they just don't have it. You know what I mean? They don't have it. This last year, I've gotten back on my feet and I'm in a stable home with some friends. Since the pandemic, I've had a lot of time to think about how things are with my folks. We've never had a good relationship. They were physically and emotionally abusive most of my life growing up. I'm sorry. Parts of this I've come to terms with are my father's alcoholism and my mother's dealing with my father, who was also a serial cheat. She left him soon after I got kicked out, and I was once again the shoulder she needed to cry on. For a while, I let this happen, even though she was and is not supportive of me. But I know how much she needed someone. However, I knew keeping up this charade would not be great for my mental health and self-worth. There's a lot of unmentioned trauma that I'd rather not get into. Fine. 
I moved to Wales in an attempt to distance myself from them and gain my own life back. My father I haven't really spoken to for a few years, not that he's noticed. I'm sure he has noticed. Uh, again, it's this toxic masculinity that he is trapped in and alcoholism, you know, he's really not well. I'm not making excuses for him, but I don't want you to feel like he hasn't noticed or he doesn't love you. My mother using her famous fakeness, not acknowledging my being trans or her kicking me out. She's been guilt tripping my moving away, constantly messaging and ringing me and accusing me of being a drug addict and other ridiculous things if I don't answer. I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling here. I don't know what I owe her. Um, you're not supposed to be feeling anything specific. I suppose if I were you, I would probably be feeling angry and I would be feeling grief and abandonment and uh, a sense of responsibility for my parent who's grieving, even though they didn't offer me that same consolation when I was grieving. You know, I think you you should feel whatever you want to feel, but like these are a lot of mixed emotions, of course. Is it okay for me to cut my mother off for a few months or possibly forever to figure shit out? <laughs> yes. I just can't pretend with her anymore. She's safe and happy and she has a new boyfriend. Yes. So I've cut off people in my family, not my mother and father. And I didn't do it with any big song or dance. It wasn't like, you're cut off and I'm never speaking to you again. But I know in my heart that I won't speak to those family members again. And that doesn't mean that I hate them or that I wish them any harm. It's just for my own preservation. It's like they aren't vibrating on the same healthy level that I am. And they are older than I am. They were meant to be responsible figures in my life when I was growing up and they just cause me too much trauma, I think is the best way to explain it. It's nothing close to the trauma that you've suffered. And I have a lot of sympathy for these people because I know that their upbringing was really complicated. So I wish them the best. I really do um, think about them every once in a while and like send light their way, but their access to me has been revoked. You don't owe everybody access, certainly not if it's at the expense of your own well-being. Your mother is a grown woman. She managed to raise you despite everything that was going on in her life. And even though your upbringing, as you described, was not the best, you came out of it with a good head on your shoulders. You're thinking about how to live the happiest existence that you can. Your mother has to figure that out for herself now too. And she's only been alone or away from your dad for a little while. Maybe you guys need a break and then you can have a relationship again. I also hope therapy gets back on its feet in this pandemic and you can have some professional help because I'm in no way qualified to be giving you this advice. But it really sounds to me like your instinct of a brief separation for your own well-being is the right one. Here's a fun email. Catherine, I was hoping you would discuss one of my other favorite things at the moment, Canada's Drag Race. Not sure if you're a fan of the franchise or not, but it would definitely be right up your street. Imagine, Ben, imagine that I was like, what franchise? Drag what? Yes, I love Drag Race. I love Canada's Drag Race. And my friend, Mike Yerksa, actually worked on it. And he's just one of the best people that I've ever met. If you want to follow him on Twitter, let me see what his Twitter is. Yerksa is a very unusual surname, but it's Mike, M-I-K-E, Yerksa, Y-E-R-X-A. And he tweets 
you know, he's a senior producer on The Amazing Race as well. Um, he did an amazing show in Canada called One Girl, Five Gays. And this was like a very early, like I'm talking 2001 panel show produced in Canada for Canadian audiences. That's so rare. It was uh, MTV Canada. Just a bunch of LGBTQ people talking about loads of different issues. It was funny. It was warm. Sometimes it was, you know, really tragic. It was just the best show. And Mike is great on Twitter. What's he posting about? Any spoilers from Canada's Drag Race? No, just that he's re-watching the I Drove All Night lip sync again. But follow Mike. I love Drag Race. Of course I do. Never been asked to be a guest judge on it, though. Not in the UK, not in Canada. So fuck Drag Race. Another email. This one looks exciting. It's called Scary Old People. Hi, Catherine. I'm 17. Oh, gosh. So what age of scary old people is he talking? 24? I'm 17. I study health and social care in college. School's opening up again soon, and I need to complete a work placement in a nursing home. But I'm absolutely terrified they will make me wipe old ass. Or the old people will yell at me. To be honest, I don't want to do anything wrong in case I upset one of them. And if I'm shit at talking to them, I'm scared they'll tell me to piss off. Any advice? I'm being confident around old people in a work setting. Um, wait a minute, what's happening? Health and social care. So what, what kind of field do you want to go into? Because I definitely don't think you should be working in a nursing home if you're scared of wiping old ass, as you call it, number one, or being yelled at by old people, because I think that's the whole job. I know that, you know, the elderly and infirmed, who, whoever lives in nursing homes, I know that they can be really sweet and cute. And I always tell my daughter when we pass elderly people on the street and they smile at her from the time she was two years old, I've always told her every old lady used to be a little girl. And that way, I don't know. I just, every time I see a really old person, I always think that every old person was a baby once used to be a little girl. Um, so then Violet would always smile at them and she's so nice to old people, but I don't think that I have the emotional toughness to work in a nursing home to do those things because they are so humbling. You know what I mean? You and I are going to be in a nursing home like that one day. And I think life and death and all of that is just working with old people. You just have to be the most emotionally tough person. I don't have it. And it doesn't sound like you have it. So maybe you can do a different placement. A lot of Christians emailing me saying, thanks for doing a podcast about prayer because I'm a progressive person who they didn't expect to hear that from. So let me just skip past all those fucking emails. Okay, plastic cosmetic surgery. Catherine, I'm trying to decide what I think about plastic surgery. And you've talked about it before, so I thought I'd email you and ask what you think. On the one hand, I think women should be able to do whatever they want to do, and they can change their bodies if they want. But on the other hand, it's really frustrating as a 15-year-old girl to see that all the boys around me follow celebrities on Instagram or watch porn where the women have obviously altered their bodies to look a certain way because I feel like they have an expectation for all of us to look like that now. I'm pretty fine with my own body and looks most of the time, but most of the reason I'm scared to go swimming in a bikini with guys or let guys see my body is because I know I don't look like the people that they see on social media with altered bodies and faces. I know I shouldn't care what they think, but it's really hard to feel pretty when it seems like their expectations are so high. I just wanted to know your thoughts. Well, we've let you down here, haven't we? Because I think it is up to my generation 
to be strong enough to stop subscribing to these old ideas that women should be valued on what they look like or on their fertility. And those things are intrinsically linked. That Kardashian shape, that really fashionable, teeny tiny waist, big bum, big hips, big boobs, that is linked to fertility. And the reason that's attractive is because that's all we were about for so many years. And that is damaging on many levels. So, and now there's photo editing and social media on top of it. So I am very sorry about that. I definitely get filler and Botox and my boobs have been fake since I was 21. I kind of regret getting those by the way, because they might be slowly poisoning me. I'm not sure. I digress. Before there was plastic surgery, there were still beautiful Hollywood starlets that women would compare themselves to. And if they didn't have access to Hollywood starlets like Marilyn Monroe or whomever, there would be a woman down the road who was a better mother or who had a smaller waist or who had better hair. There will always be some girl down the block who you have created this narrative and makes you feel inferior. And the basic point is we've got to stop comparing each other. We've got to stop using that value system to appraise our worth. When I was your age, I definitely felt inferior because the tools that were given to me weren't the ones that I thought gave you a nice life. I wasn't one of the quiet, soft, lovely girls with the little tanned body. I was very weird and outspoken. And, you know, I answered a letter about God a few minutes ago. I wrote an essay about the gender of God back in primary school when I went to French school, probably in the second grade. Why? Because I have always been insufferable. What's important at your age now is to recognize what tools you have and concentrate on sharpening them rather than throwing them away. Because I ended up, by the grace of God, being a successful comedian, despite all of the efforts I put towards not being a successful comedian. Everything that made me unique, I would try to throw it away and trade it for a tan or fake boobs or being liked by men. And you know where I have found most of my success. I'm sorry to say it. It's being despised by a certain type of man (laughs) instead. So you know what? A lot of these 15-year-olds that you are swimming in front of, they're respectful and they're not thinking what you imagine that they are thinking. No one has the right to objectify you. You know that. You and your girlfriends are a whole generation younger than I am. You need to swim because you're warm or because you want to exercise or because you want to have fun in the pool. And the less you think about it, you have to force yourself. Really, I promise you, the less it will be important to you. I do think celebrities should be more honest about what they have done so that we know what's achievable and what isn't. But I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to fix that very quickly. But instead, you've just got to change your mindset because you are an incredible person and what you look like in a bikini is not going to define who you become when you're my age. Find out what your tools are and use them. Thank you for your patience with this episode of Telling Everybody Everything. You can always email me, tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. I hope you like The Duchess when it comes out. There are a few podcasts between now and then. So if you have any exclusive questions that you want to ask me, please do. And I hope you have a great week.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.